0: Good morning, good to be with you. Thank you for joining today for the practice of being aware of awareness. So, these first few moments always afford me an opportunity to check in and see where uh, attention is. Is it, it's been outward focused to get us where we need to go in the time we are to go there. Very useful to have that outward focus to effectuate whatever intention we have however now our intention shifts from doing something or getting somewhere making some mark hitting some external target to shifting back in to bring the the fullness of attention to being right here, right now. For some people, it's helpful to bring attention to the breath because of the steady rhythmic in-out stabilization of attention that it affords. For others, it's it's feeling into the body, the body sensations, kind of grounding into the knowing. And others still may be opening the aperture of attention to take in the broadness of the sounds, smells, what is seen, what is not seen. But whichever means or method, the first movement, so to speak, is a movement inward, back, down. And it's not so much a doing as it is relaxing the doing of outward focus. Like the metaphor of the clenched fist. It feels like a doing to undo each finger by finger stretch it out. But it's actually returning that constriction to the natural state. So we're actually allowing attention to unbind itself from objects and just rest back in this broad, available, spacious knowingness. And it's this resting back that can often afford us an even richer knowingness of all that is. And the purpose of all true spiritual practice is to be with what is, as it is, without adding or subtracting. And if adding or subtracting occurs, that gets noticed as it is. So an example of adding would be a a overlay of a mental dialogue deciding what meditation should look like and how we want to feel and comparing if this fits that. Subtracting would be perhaps like having a pain in the body and then there's all of a sudden appears some unwritten rule that attention can't go to that. So we just just struggle to uh, subtract that out of what is. In some attempt to meet the mind's definition of equanimity or openness or equilibrium. But it's it's forced. It's not natural. So that'd be subtracting something. so this is kind of a, a yin receiving posture that we cultivate natural open allowing <laughs> And we notice this natural open allowing has within it a very robust attentiveness, an alertness that we're not doing. just, Just an aspect of awareness that's built in, innate, natural, So the the true north of this particular meditation practice, which is actually dresses it up a little bit too much, but for lack of a better way to refer to it, practice, is to use as our return the knowing that awareness is right here we could ask, is awareness present? None of us go up to our head and think about it. There's there's no thought required. That's why we call it a direct experience. It doesn't need another object to get there. It's a direct knowing. Is awareness here? And another way you could ask this kind of centering question is, is beingness being? Again, we don't go to thought, we don't go to concept, we don't need a concept, we don't go to memory, we don't go to learning, teachings, we don't need to look back through all the other times, we may or may not have have encountered that question, we simply notice this instant confirmation when the question is asked, is being this being? So the first question is, is awareness here? Second question is being this being. So, two very simple questions. And the answers are even more simple. Simple, not just that they don't take many steps. They don't take any steps. The beingness is inherently aware of its being. And the awareness is inherently aware that it is aware. You could say awareness is self-aware. Both of those questions are basically self-executing because it's not speaking to mind. It's not speaking to a sense of a you that is somehow separate from the beingness and the awareness that's present now? Can you find any space between the beingness and the knowing that beingness is here? If you stepped in one direction towards the knowingness from the beingness, which direction would you step? Can you see in your own direct experience, there's no you there to do any stepping? Which is not to say mind can't say, well, you hear the, words in your head because we've learned there's a brain up there and therefore we have to go up and down and over but if you if you look at your direct experience is being this being there is no magic bullet that has to make a bunch of turns Right? There's no grassy knoll, there's no book depository, there's no anything. There's just an instant confirmation. From the intelligence that is the beingness. That is aware that beingness is present. Same with the second question, which initially was the first, which is, is awareness here? So the beingness gets confirmed, the awareness is confirmed. So the last question is, again, incredibly simple. Is being aware of awareness happening? And mind is singularly unimpressed that this is any kind of practice at all because it is cut completely out. We're not referencing it. We're not resisting it, right? We're not feeding it with resistance. So it'll just kind of sputter on, speak sometimes make a bid for attention, and we will watch. Attention either goes up, listens for a bit, or stays broad and and doesn't collapse around the object, the thought. Either way, the beingness will be, and the awareness stays aware, and we are being aware of awareness. We are resting in our true nature, in the natural state we're being with things as they are, without adding or subtracting. you can Also call this true perception. is awareness without judgment, perception without the overlay of interpretation, which isn't to say that the interpretation doesn't play or that resistance won't play. I mean, routinely during this hour, I hear mine distinctly say, okay, we're done. That's plenty. This needs to be over. And so resistance plays for a while. There's no identification with resistance because there's the knowingness that I must be what was here before that which is temporary, the resistance. I'm still my true self during, and and I will remain that when that particular thought form dissolves out of awareness. because awareness is self-aware, within this experience of awareness, we can kind of bend attention back and look at the awareness itself. And we can check to see if we can find any evidence that this awareness is limited. Because mind often kind of adds this thought that we are bodies and the bodies have awareness. That the awareness arises in a body. That's often what an unexamined perceptual field will tell you. But all you have to do, kind of in your mind's eye, trace the outline of your body because of this amazing faculty of interoception we can do, even with our eyes closed. So we get that outline. Does awareness stop At the skin. Does it stop at the edge of the outline? Or by the very fact that you're looking in your mind's eye at an outline of your body shows you, if you examine that, that the looking is from somewhere outside of the body. In other words, the awareness is broader than the body. It's wider. Taller, and you can do that with whatever outline or border or boundary mind suggests is the limit of awareness. So we're sitting in a car. So somehow mind's like, okay, it's not in the body, but it's in the car, because there's there's full awareness of the, the width and depth, height of this, the interiority of this car. But the outline of the car can also be seen. And the space just outside of that outline. Beneath, on the sides, above. Now the park to one side, the lake, the other homes on the other side. That can be seen because awareness is that broad It wouldn't be known if it wasn't arising in awareness, right? I can't know something that's not in awareness. And I only know it. I only have access to it because it's in awareness. So now we start to get curious just how wide, just how expansive is awareness. Not the concept of awareness, this direct experiential knowing that's valid and true for us we stick to what's experientially valid and true Can we find a border outside of which, in our own experience, we can say awareness is not there. It stops here. Again, we're tracing our own experience. So we, can we continue to bring attention back from the objects it flits up to and out to? To examine whether this current direct experience of being aware of awareness if in that exploration we can find a limit we can Just in our mind's eye, we can kind of check to the right and keep going and going and going. See if there's a point at which it gets thin or it stops or it falls off. Same with the left side. Hello. And we just go to the sky above. Can we find a limit? And these questions about awareness, about what we're really looking at, affords a glimpse often of where we're really looking from. Mind has a preference to think about yesterday, a little bit later today, or what we could be eating or drinking or, or almost anything Mind gets nothing out of this exploration. So we can notice it's natural for attention to get pulled away. And it's just the spiritual will that brings it back. The intensity of our desire to know the truth of what's here. The truth of what we are. The truth of where we're looking from. What is the truth of that? Is there a truth of that? So I'll share a poem from St. Francis of Assisi. The name of it is, of course, I am jealous. We bless the earth with each step we take. And the firmament too needs our touch. Someday your tenderness will reach it. Look how the birds climb some invisible staircase and lay their hands upon him. Of course I am jealous. When I too cannot do that. The seas waited long to sing. Not until we leaped out laughing was their birth of us complete. Tell me about your heart, my every word says. Speak to me as if We both lay wounded in a field and are gazing in wonder as our spirits rise. Mm So we can notice when attention disengages from the constant, ongoing, moving objects, be they sounds or sights or thoughts, sensations. When there's allowing all that to keep moving, but no longer compulsively being drawn out and in by all of it. There's a spaciousness that may arise in the body, like a felt sense. Just the first initial taste of this natural state that we are. The fist having been unclenched finger by finger, and now just remaining the alive, vibrant, amazing hand. There's a place in all of us untouched by experience, by any of it. There's this watchfulness that keeps watching, this beingness that keeps being, and this awareness that's ongoingly aware It doesn't just renew itself. It never depletes to renew itself. It's not like a computer system that is on all the time and running in the background, but every now and then you gotta reboot reboot. Awareness just in every moment of our life is in the same condition or state, this crisp, alert, available, non-judgmental openness to what is, as it is. And this awareness never interferes. The awareness never adds or subtracts. It just is being with, allowing what is for as long as that is until the temporary energy of the moment reaches its natural end. I'll read another poem from St. Francis, of Assisi. It's called God's admiration. God's admiration for us is infinitely greater than anything we can conjure up for him. God's admiration for us is infinitely greater than anything we can conjure up for him. It's a quote we're contemplating in our Inspired Clarity retreat this week, it's very short. The source is both the initiator as well as the destination. The source is both the initiator as well as the destination. Another way of expressing that truth, that the source is both the initiator as well as the destination, is that we're all rising in consciousness. The movement of consciousness itself is to ascend in consciousness. Through consciousness. And in so doing, consciousness gets a more robust, clear glimpse or knowing of itself within the manifestation. And how do we facilitate this rise in consciousness, which is the prime directive of human life, of all life, all organisms? It's the prime directive of life. And Regina underscored this yesterday in her homily. It is only necessary to shift from devotion to the world to devotion to God and the spirit. We all have faith in something. We are always in devotion to something. We're always orienting to something. Is that something the world or is its source? so the source is both the initiator as well as the destination the only nest the only it is only necessary to shift from devotion to the world to devotion to god and the spirit subjectively, all that is needed to progress are patience, prayer, faith in the process, and the surrendering of resistances subjectively, all that is needed to progress are patience, prayer, faith in the process, and the surrendering of resistances. We let it be done unto us. We cooperate by gently returning attention to the truth of what we are, which is always only the alive presence, which allows everything to be just as it is without interference, without adding or subtracting, without interrupting or judging, without clinging to and cherishing, until all those energies reach their natural end. Trusting that the source is both the initiator as well as the destination. That brings us to the bottom of the hour.